month-long history after Magellan, part 5, surrendering to the Portuguese. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 5 of Long Histories After Magellan, the first document we're looking at in our series called Forgotten Voyages. This voyage was the first Spanish expedition to attempt to reach the Spice Islands after Magellan's famous journey. It was initially headed by Commander Garcia Jofre de Loaiza, although he died in the Pacific in an earlier episode. This account was written by Andrés de Urdaneta, a friar and explorer who took part in the expedition. The journey started on the 24th of July 1525 and also includes Urdaneta's account of his decade on the Spice Islands before he returned to Europe in 1536. The original Spanish of this document has been exclusively translated for long history. On with the episode now and the remains of the Loaisa expedition have made it to an island called Tidore, one of the main Spice Islands. However, the Portuguese are also in the area and they are not at all happy to have the Spanish nearby. They constantly attack and kill their fellow Europeans. In the previous episode, at one of their lowest points, another Spanish ship arrived headed by a man called Saavedra. After helping out his fellow Spaniards, Saavedra then sets off to the Mexican colonies to relay their news about the Spanish on the Spice Islands and to get help for them against the Portuguese. However, Saavedra took some Portuguese prisoners on that boat. They escaped and fled with a rowboat, forcing Saavedra to return to the Spice Islands, unwilling to cross the Pacific with no backup boat. The Spanish in the Spice Islands have captured those fleeing Portuguese men, called Simón de Brito and Fernán Romero. Finding out that they were responsible for the rebellion on Saavedra's ship, their punishment is announced as this episode begins. So here we go with After Magellan, part 5, Surrendering to the Spanish. Having questioned the said Simón de Brito and Fernán Romero, with no hint of aggravation, they confessed that they had fled, and as it seemed to me, they did this in service to the King of Portugal, seeming to believe that it would be of great service that they were the reason why the ship did not reach New Spain, so that Your Majesty could not know what was happening in Maluco and how the Portuguese possessed Your Majesty's land. Having taken their confession, our said captain gave sentence, Owing to their damnable behaviour, Simon de Brito should be dragged through the town of the Moors, and afterwards they should cut off his head and divide him into four quarters. The said Fernand Romero should be hung in a noose. Fernando de la Torre gave his sentence, which was duly followed. The same day, the execution took place. As the ship had returned, a rowboat began to be built, and as the said ship was infested with woodworm and was taking on a great deal of water, we patched up the ship's side with boards using some pitch that in those parts is often used on ships. Supplied with all its needs, including supplies and the rest, we sent her out once again. And the said Fernando de la Torre, our captain, and all those who remained in his company, were of the opinion that the said ship should head out to the Cape of Good Hope, because the weather was not suitable for going to New Spain. But the said Saavedra wanted nothing other than to continue on his primary route. He left in May 1529. During those times we had great wars with the Portuguese, taking the island of Machian with our arms. We returned the lands that had been taken from Kichilumar, and as a result we took, bit by bit, during those times, four Parau boats belonging to the enemy, including all their people and artillery. We burned and robbed many of their villages. The said Don Jorge de Menezes, captain of the Portuguese, seeing that things between us always turned out bad for him, tried all manner of ways to inflict harm upon us. One day, our cleric went to the Portuguese fort to be confessed, after his safety was assured, and the said Don Jorge invited him with a Portuguese man, one of their chief men. When he disembarked and went to the fortress, 
the said Captain Don Jorge de Menezes ordered the said cleric to be detained, along with a young man who was accompanying him. He threw them under the tower in the great cells, where he kept them for more than six months. And, at the end of this time, we handed over four of our Portuguese prisoners, chosen by the said Don Jorge de Menezes, for the cleric and his companion. We had no cleric, and so those who were dying were unable to confess. On the 20th of October, 1529, some 30 men went in a fleet with the Moors of Gilolo and Tidore to destroy some enemy villages some 50 leagues from Maluco in Batachina, on its eastern side. Four days after leaving Tidore, we came across six parau boats from the island of Ternate, in which many Portuguese were travelling. We ended up fighting with each other, and we took one of their parau boats with all its people. The others escaped fleeing. During this time, when we had left Tidore, the Portuguese on the island of Tidore were advised that the best of our people and the majority of the island's moors had left in the fleet. According to public knowledge, Fernando de Bustamante, general accountant, was the one who gave over this information. On the day of St. Simon and Judas, the Portuguese, knowing that the best people of the Castilians and the moors had left the island of Tidore, with only around 40 men remaining with Fernando de la Torre and the said Fernando de Bustamante, being on their side because he had been communicating with them, with a large fleet, landed at the town of Tidore. They entered the said city by force, killing one Castilian and capturing two who were very badly injured, and injuring others, as well as killing many Indians. They robbed and assaulted the said city. When the said Fernando de la Torre saw that he could not resist the Portuguese fleet, he retreated to our main bastion with his people. From there, he ordered some great shots to be made at the Portuguese and their constable. Meantime, Fernando de Bustamante, general accountant, said to the said Fernando de la Torre, the captain, that now was not the time to fight with the Portuguese, but that we should all be one. As a result, the artilleryman's constable said that he would not fire any shots because he had already spoken with the said Bustamante. Upon seeing this, the said Fernando de la Torre and other Castilians began to fire their own shots themselves, fighting against the Portuguese, and although there was a Dutch artilleryman in the bastion, he also did not want to fire a shot, instead leaving during one round of fire with the charges in his hand. In the same way, other Castilians said that they should go with the Portuguese and stop any more fighting. Despite all this, the captain and other loyal men kept on fighting. During these events, the Portuguese sent a man to the said Castilians with a white flag, as is the custom, requiring that they surrender. And the said Fernando de la Torre, captain, and other Castilians replied that they would not cede, but would defend themselves. That they had a great deal of artillery, munition, and gunpowder, that they did not fear them, but rather were waiting for them, having united all of the people on the island to come out against them and to be victorious with the help of God. With this, the said Portuguese returned. Fernando de Bustamante, in the meantime, tried to rouse the people, saying that it was already the end of 1529, that they had left Spain five years ago, that no fleet of his majesty had come or would come, and so they should cede to the Portuguese. And the said Don Jorge de Menezes, captain of the Portuguese, who had been communicating with the said Fernando de Bustamante, sent the said Portuguese man back to our bastion to request us to cede. When the said Captain Hernando de la Torre saw that the said Bustamante was rousing the people, he agreed to negotiate with the said Portuguese, saying that he would return the island of Machian to them, along with the galley that they had taken, with all its artillery and other shots that had been taken from them in other boats, 
and all the prisoners that we had, but the Portuguese wanted nothing other than complete surrender and to go with them. As the Castilians would not accept this, the said Fernando de la Torre came to an agreement that the Castilians who wanted to follow him could leave the islands of Maluco in a small brigantine to the place called Zamafo, where they had been at first with the ship, and there he should stay until some order was sent by our princes to us or to them, and if an order was sent, we were obliged to let the other know what had been determined. What's more, the said Fernando de la Torre could not take in the said brigantine more than a bronze cannon, two iron shotguns, and our arms and goods, and, this agreed, the bastion was handed to the Portuguese with all its artillery, as well as the factory house with all the items that were inside the said bastion. The said Portuguese sacked the bastion when they entered, and as a result they stole the goods of the Castilians who were away with the fleet, including male and female slaves and many other things. And thus, the said Fernando de la Torre left in the said brigantine to the said place of Zamafo, with around twenty men who wanted to follow him. Pucabar, governor of the said place of Zamafo, received them very well. The said Fernando de Bustamante, general accountant, went to the Portuguese with all the other Castilians, taking with him the accounts books and all the statements and inventories and spoils of the men who had died, both during the journey and since the arrival at Maluco, with other writings of the living and the dead. And some of the Castilians who went with the said Bustamante to the Portuguese include the Master Anz, constable of the artillerymen, and Artus, a Dutch artilleryman, and Francisco de Godoy, superintendent, and our cleric, named Juan de Torres, and others whose name I do not remember. Thus, when the Portuguese took control of everything, they burned a very good fuster boat that we had with a public proclamation due to troublemaking and usurping the lands of the King of Portugal. Three days into November, in the same said year, I returned with the governor of Tidore, who was a brother of the king called Quichilrade, with three parau boats with six Castilians, leaving the other fleet in Moro, which is on the eastern side of Batachina. And along the way we had received news of how the Portuguese had taken and burned the city of Tidore, and that the Castilians were imprisoned in the bastion, because the Portuguese had closed them up. When we arrived on the island of Tidore, we went to a very strong place called Tomolo, to find out what had happened, where they told us all manner of how the Portuguese had taken the city and the bastion. And I, upon seeing this, asked the said Kijilrade, governor, to give me an armed parau boat so that I could go to Gilolo, where there were twelve Castilians, because I was not willing to go over to the Portuguese, because it was quite possible that just as we surrendered, your majesty would send a fleet to Maluco. And as Gilolo was very strong, and we could defend ourselves against the Portuguese very well there. Upon seeing that, the said Kijilrade was very willing to serve your majesty. He gave me a well-armed parau boat, in which I went with my companions, taking two bronze weapons, and I agreed with the said Kijilrade that after four days I would go with the Gilolo fleet to the said island of Tidore at night, and that he would come aboard with us to go to Gilolo to be in our company, along with his wife and children. This said Kijilrade was always a very great friend and servant of your majesty. And thus, going to Gilolo town, I was well received by the king and all his gentlemen, and by the Castilians who were there. And the king of Gilolo, as we were your majesty's fleet, offered to give from his estates everything needed for supplies, not just food but also clothing, to all the Castilians who chose to remain in your majesty's service. He would favour us in everything possible, and this is what he did. The Spanish have lost Tidore. 
Taking advantage of the Spanish absence on the island, the Portuguese invaded. It seems that, after five years on the island with no signs of a return to Spain, some of the Spanish men are no longer willing to fight against the Portuguese, they just want to go home. The Spanish left behind on Tidore therefore split into two camps. Bustamante wants to work with the Portuguese. The captain, however, Fernando de la Torre, refuses to surrender. After a battle, the latter is forced to reach a compromise, being allowed to retreat to Samafo, the place where the Spanish had first landed when they arrived in the area. In the meantime, the Spanish who had been absent returned, with the knowledge that Tidore has already fallen. They retreat to Gilolo, welcomed and helped by the local king, having also agreed to return to Tidore to rescue the local governor, Kichilrade, and his wife and children. Until now, the local people have been very accommodating, but in the next episode they will begin to run out of patience with the Europeans and their constant squabbles. Thank you for listening to part 5 of After Magellan. Please, before you go, don't forget to like and subscribe so you can be notified when the remaining five episodes of this series are released. If you can't wait until then, don't forget we've got a whole series on Magellan, Columbus, the colonization of the Philippines and early exploration of the US. Thank you for listening to Long History and goodbye.